welcome to the Caribbean Astrologers Podcast. Don't forget to press the follow button so that every time I do a podcast, you can and will be notified. And please, please, please share on your social media platform. I also created a Rumble account, which is a collection of other people's videos. And the name of that Rumble account is 7 and underscore. And on that account, I am assisting melanated people with clarity and understanding of their true identity as the house of Israel. I've got maps and information about your DNA, E1B1A, some history, all sorts of things that's going on on that Rumble account. So go over there, check it out. Um, There's almost 200 videos of other people's videos that is on the Rumble account. All right, so let us get into it. Part of my background noise as I am partially looking at my favorite Russia TV. So I was going through the channels and all the news channels to see if there was anything there being reported about what's going on in Niger. There was nothing. Station after station after station, they were doing a deep dive and a psychoanalysis on the latest news about Trump. And they would do a little bit of weather reports. That was it. Quite interesting. I'm thankful for social media because I got the information from, if I was not on social media at all, I would have no idea of the climate of what's going on with Niger. I would have no idea of what's going on with BRICS. I would have no idea of what's going on with G7. I would know nothing about what's going on with the CBDCs and the banking system. I would have no clue that the Prime Minister of Canada is getting a divorce. Yeah, his wife is divorcing him. Remember I I talked about the South Node being in Libra and how that's divorce. Those who are married will be divorcing Those who have been, you know, living with someone, you know, 10, 15, 25 years, they'll be separating themselves from their partner. There's going to be a lot of people just not interested in these types of partnerships. And there's going to come a time, at some point in time within the next 18 months or so, that there'll be some study talking about the great divorce, you know, of 
2024. And all the news outlets and people who write articles and bloggers, they're going to give their input about it. So buckle up for that. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) But I'm thankful that I have social media. So in the last podcast, I talked about what was going on in Africa and all these different things. And last night, I was listening to Malima. Now forgive me if I'm saying his name wrong. I like that man. He's, <laughs> he's like an African Donald Trump in the sense of he just speaks directly whenever he has something to say. It's direct. It's never, you know, beating around the bush or playing words, semantics or anything like that. He's a straight shooter. And when Trump speaks, it's the same way. And there's been some things that Trump has said was going to happen and it ended up happening. But I like Malima, right? So last night I was listening to um, his speech. They were at some stadium. Everybody was wearing red shirts. There were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people there at this stadium. And then he started singing a song, Rise Up. I'm, I'm assuming that's the name of the song, Rise Up. And he was saying part of it in another language and part of it in English. And as he was singing that anthem or the song... It was resonating with my DNA like I knew it. And it reminded me of that girl who I saw on social media when she was saying her name and she was going, I can't do it, but that cluck, cluck. And it was resonating with my DNA. I had no idea what the girl was saying. I have no idea what Malima was saying. But it seems familiar to my blood. And I ended up getting chills as Malima was saying his anthem or singing the song. And I thought, I have to figure out how to make this a ringtone. How do I record this and make this my ringtone? It felt incredibly empowering and inspiring. Though I don't know what he was saying when he was, you know, doing it in his language. So I went to the correspondence section to see what the people, you know, would be saying. I know I like being in the correspondence section, right? And anyone who was Caucasian had a serious problem with it. They had a serious problem. And they said the thing that I have always heard them say since I was in middle school, which was, which is, go back to Africa. 
That is so old and so tired and tacky at this point. And it's hypocritical and contradictory at the same damn time. And oftentimes I say from time to time, I will make the time to troll particular groups of people on social media. And I had the time. I didn't even have to make it. So I chose them. I got blocked a few times. <laughs> that let me know I did my job. <laughs> but you have a lot of audacity because you, you can't. And this is why I say I don't think that everybody is a human being think they're aliens I don't think everybody actually has a soul because what's going on in Niger the coup that happened happened because 86% of the citizens do not have electricity they do not have running water And from my understanding, they don't have food most of the days, most of the time. And there's certain leaders of Niger that had made deals with the Gov in the U.S. and lining their pockets while keeping the poverty, the impoverished people below poverty. And from what I gather, these particular leaders of Niger, whom had made these political deals, whenever they left office, they would leave either a multimillionaire or a billionaire. I don't understand how you could cause some people to starve to death when you have six, seven, eight, nine figures in your bank account. How can you sleep comfortably at night knowing that the way that you got it was janky as fuck and caused people to not have proper health care, basic health care, a basic human rights of food, no electricity, no water. How do you sleep? So for the particular groups of people that had a problem with Malima's song or the fact that they put France out of Niger, I have an issue with that. I have a huge issue with that. Even with me, 
not being a millionaire, not being a rich person, I give food. I take plates of food to the elderly where I live at. I say, hey, I'm going over here to the store or to the family dollar. You want something? I'll pay for it, no worries. If I'm outside and someone says that they're homeless, they're looking for some food, I give them some food. The last person I saw that said that he was homeless wanted some groceries. I said, well, we could go over here to this here diner. You get you some hot food to eat and you could get the groceries too. He put a limit on how much he wanted to spend. I did not. And I don't have, I don't have a nine to five job. But I manage to help with food when I can. There's times where I spend my own money and go and buy things and make care bags. And I put non-perishable foods in there. I put a little Bible in there. I put a um, spoon, fork, and a butter knife in there. Hand sanitizer wipes, this kind of stuff. I put it in there and I take it with me with my, and put it in my purse. And when I go outside and I see someone, you know, I give them the, the care package. One guy said to me, you don't know how much I need this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You don't know what you just did for me today. I remember coming back from a restaurant that they gave me so much food. I had a big container of food. And it was a homeless person sleeping on the bench. And I had a bottled water with that food and I left it next to the homeless person so that they could have something to eat and something to drink. I don't understand how anybody could be upset about Naja kicking out France when they don't have these basic things. They can, if they get a cold, they can't go to the doctor because they don't have any health insurance. They don't have basic universal health insurance. They go outside and they try to hustle up a dollar or two just to buy some food to eat for the day. And it's multiple people up under one roof eating off of two dollars. And you got a problem with them saying, we want our land back, we want our resources back. We're not going to help you. We need to look out for the citizens in our country. You got a problem with that? So yeah, I got blocked by a couple of people. I did my job, you know, was happy about that. I kind of went on about my business. There was another country 
And I am forgetting, was it Senegal? I don't even remember. It was another country in Africa. And the president there told all of the Caucasian people who were vacationing there, you got seven days to get out or face consequences. The airport was flooded with Caucasian people. When Niger had did the coup, put the French out, there were still some Caucasian people still there. And this is the part where I mentioned the podcast that I did titled The Good Sense That God Gives. Because there are some people that don't have the good sense that God gives. You see, you're, you're in Niger. You know the climate. You know that you are Caucasian. And you still stay. And you think that you're safe. What makes you think that they don't set the embassy on fire? What makes you think you say? They tore that embassy down. So the president of France did a travel advisory warning, said uh, Niger is, is dangerous to travel to, and anybody that's there need to get out immediately. Then all of the Caucasian people had the... Listen, the president wouldn't have had to tell me shit. I'd have been trying to book a flight on the next thing smoking. Then it was another clip. What, um, someone from Niger a military person, a freedom fighter, whomever it was. It was a man. And he said, to anybody that's going to stay and fight, stay and fight. To anybody that's not going to stay and fight or you can't fight, leave. Women and children, leave. Honey, they was driving out. I seen men in the car with the women and the children the men were 70, 80 years old of course they can't fight they in the car riding out Benin in Africa opened up its borders to the people of Niger and said come on over here we're going to help out our people they went to Benin Other countries in Africa joined Niger. I said, we're going to come over there with some people and some military and some soldiers to assist y'all. If anything happens from France, from, from the uh, France from the United States they have officially declared war and he repeated it three times to make sure that everybody made themselves crystal clear that he did not mince his words 
anybody from the France, from the U.S., from the ICWA military, you get in this, you declare what you have declared war. They halted all transactions, and what they didn't just stop at the uranium and the gold. They went with other resources too. You ain't getting nothing. Canceled. I said, well, go ahead, Africa. Go ahead, Africa. Ghana's sitting in the background, quiet, not getting in. They're not getting in the middle of anything. They're not going to the left or to the right. They're just sitting in the background, keep it quiet. I said this before and I say it again. You're dealing with narcissistic people who has been taking advantage for a, a very long time. France owes Niger. France owes Africa reparations. Because you've been taking billions and billions of dollars at the expense of other human beings in this generation. In this era, you didn't even have enough human decency to say, let's barter. And then it was like a slap in the face because you're gaining this multi-billion dollar wealth off of the natural resources of this African country. And then your people want to come here and vacation here. You got spies, motherfucker. said this before and I'll say it again the way that they're going to get their freedom because they're dealing with a narcissistic group of people who seem to think one person's success is another person's loss loss excuse me they're gonna they're going to fight they're going to want to fight they have a hard time letting go and leaving people alone and not antagonizing people they don't know diplomacy they don't know that so you're going to have to paint the town crimson red. So when the countries let the people of Niger know, we're going to send some people over there for y'all, some soldiers and some men. I saw 16-year-old males riding out, 20-something, 30-something, 40-something, 50-something-year-old men riding out to Niger to prepare for the battle. Women <laughs> riding out, headed to Niger, preparing for the battle. They said, if you want to fight, stay and fight. Women and children leave. Some of them women stayed. Some of them women stayed, and then there was women traveling to Niger to join in on the fight. They have no other choice but to paint the town red. They don't have, no, you gotta take it in blood, and that's unfortunate.
have to take your own land back in blood. It's freaking crazy. It don't have to be that way. But that's the only language that they understand, blood. So then I saw another video. I don't know what was going on. It was somebody that was there. It was men and women there. Uh, and it was some Caucasian men that was trying to stop the African men. Why are you trying to stop them when they're the ones with no basic universal health care, no food, no water, and no electricity? Why are you trying to stop them? You should have got your ass on a plane and, and went the fuck home. So the Africans wasn't having it. They were speaking a little language. I don't know what they were saying, but the Caucasian men were speaking English. And all I know is I saw a fist. Black owl. Knock that man hat clean off. Honey. Then everybody started jumping in. The, the Africans were sticking together like Mexicans. <laughs> they were sticking together like Mexicans. <laughs> You fight one, you fight all. <laughs> Black Owl knocked his hat off. I felt like, what was his name? Uh, on Friday, Day Day and, and, and the other one, Ice Cube, when they were sitting on the porch and it was like, damn. That's exactly how I felt. That's exactly how I felt. Chased away the Caucasian men. Honey. It was some type of drop kicks going on. Some type of African taekwondo. Going on some African jujitsu. Honey, I ain't never seen no moves like that before. Knocking them Caucasian men off their feet. They was picking each other up off the ground and running. I said, my God, what happened to the good sense that God gave you? You don't have to be scared. You don't need to stand there, you know, and beat on your chest out of pride. What you need to do is be safe, though. So all of the other countries in Africa, slowly but surely, it's like a domino effect. One after another on the hills of each other, putting out Caucasian people. Get off of the land. Get out of here. That funky Biden with his funky ass. Always inserting himself in something that he should not be in. Gonna tell Niger, was it Niger? One of the countries in Africa, gonna tell them if you go to war, we're gonna stop our food aid to your country. I'm trying to figure it out where is it going because 
the people might go a day or two or three without food. Not even a morsel of rice. Where's the food? Where's the medication going? So the other man have responded with a whole video. He responded to Biden and said, keep, he said, we're not beggars. Keep your food aid and give it to your homeless people, your millions of homeless people in the United States. I said, oh. Was that a clapback? Oh. They're showing that they're not scared of white people. The day of being fearful has come to an end. And they are fighting back. And they are angry. And rightfully so. And they're not only dealing with the Caucasian people in Africa, they're also dealing with a lot of the political affiliations that is in their own land, their own melanated leaders that are, you know, crooked. They're dealing with them too. All of the countries are coming together to be on one accord. And we're talking about billions upon billions of people. I believe Nairobi by itself has one billion people. That's just one country. If the United States will try to commit a genocide against the entire country of Africa, the people in the United States is going to burn the United States down. Biden's funky ass need to stay out of the people's business. The man said, keep your food aid and give it to your millions of homeless people that are in the United States of America. So look, he looked at camera dead in the, in, the, in the lens, honey. He sure did. Looked it dead in the lens with a straight face. And let him know. Keep it. Y'all act like we don't know how to farm. Y'all act like we don't know how to grow our own crops. Y'all the one over here getting resources from us. Y'all even came over here to get fucking trees. We don't need nothing from you. Putin allows some of them young Gen Z boys and girls over in Russia for an education for free. Free housing and free education. 
and they get little jobs. They're teaching them all sorts of things. The main thing that they seem to be reporting back about is anything that has to do with politics and, and history. Oh, they putting their head together. They speaking to each other, honey. In their own languages. And it seems like no matter what part of Africa it is, they speak English. They speak multiple languages. Some of those countries, they speak three different languages. One of them being English. But everybody speaks English. They're trying to... <laughs> the citizens are saying... We want to kick English out of our country because that's not our national uh, language. That's not our language anyway. France owe Africa some reparations. So you're right. Oh. Oh, stuff doesn't matter. So, they are in preparation for war. They know what they have to do. I already said that the, the man that went to, the, to Russia, he went and got some um, weaponry, right? Went and got some weaponry and went back to Africa. They are prepared for war. There was another country outside of Africa that went and said to them, if you need our military support, let us know. We got troops on deck. Who the hell said it? I don't remember. Somebody said it. They was outside of Africa. Africa didn't even respond. <laughs> They're sick and tired of being sick and tired. They said enough is enough. Enough is enough. Some of them African countries is telling the black people in America, come on over here. Come on home. Come on. Come over here. People packing their bags, child. And they heading out. I've seen people say, I'll be there in December. I'll be there in January. I'll be there. As soon as I get my visa, I'm there. I did a podcast called America, a once great nation. And if you don't remember what I said in that podcast, scroll back and listen to that podcast and take notes. 
the rise of Africa is the rise of the underdog. Now, when I did the podcast talking about Pluto and Aquarius, um, Saturn and Pisces, Uranus and Gemini, the nodal changes, I said, we're going to see the rise of the underdogs. Africa has been the underdog for a very long time, centuries. Well, let me rephrase A couple of hundred years they've been an underdog. Because they were fine, especially in Egypt. Egypt and Ethiopia was fine. They were good, actually. Excellent. Before everything happened. Them people, when I was doing my research about my own lineage... After I took my, well, before I took my DNA test and after my DNA test, I saw that them people was able to read, write, and speak six different languages. Six. But the history over here in the United States will tell you nobody was able to read and write. And and they weren't allowed to read and write. Lies. The rise of the underdog. We're going to keep seeing that. Here's another thing for you to write down. Let me see 25, We're going to see the wealth shift from the West was called the Western world, we're going to see the wealth shift from the Western world to the Eastern world. Right around the year 2030, 2030, 2031, 2032, right in that area. America, a once great nation, is going to fall. All empires, if you look at history, all empires fall after typically about a hundred years. It could go longer than that. But the United States is long overdue for its fall. And the way that is going to fall, we're seeing it happen little by little now. But the grand finale, what God keeps speaking to me is in one hour, in one hour, in one hour, in one hour. When it gets invaded, by China, Russia, and Africa. Remember I told you I saw that video with some uh, military men who were African being trained 
in Russia. Remember I told you I saw that video? It's a leaked video. They then scrubbed it from the internet. Africans is coming too. They're not going to have any problems with telling Putin, no problem, we, we, we got men. You need more men? We got, we got plenty. Billions upon billions upon billions of people. We, we got, we got plenty. When it gets invaded, in one hour, is going to be conquered. You mark my words. Don't care. How much you believe in the dominance of the dollar? I don't care how much you believe in, you know, the dominance of the military, how much faith you got in the president and whatever else you got going on. You're not ready to hear it. You don't want to receive it. It's a lie. I don't care about any of that. The empire must fall. The empire has done way too much for a little bit too long, and it's actually long overdue. Nobody forgot about Gaddafi. Nobody forgot about who, who Dom Hussein, whatever his name is. Them people ain't forget. And all the other leaders that were offed by the U.S. Nobody forgot. Nobody's going to forget how they're being treated in 2023, in 2020, in 2015, in 2008. Nobody's going to forget any of that. The way that it gained its power and influence, pure evil. Pure evil. And it worked. It worked. Salema said, Oh, you know, in the in a Western world, they go freely throughout their countries. They don't need no visa. They don't need this. They don't need that. But why is it this is the only country where you have to have a visa? No more walls. No more visas. I said, you know something, he right. Because in the United States, I can go to any state. I don't need no visa. I don't need a passport. So it do make you wonder, why did they separate all of them people from each other and turn all of these people against each other? And then it worked for hundreds upon hundreds of years. Like uh, Willie Lynch said, do this. And it will last for 300 generations. If y'all hadn't read the Willie Lynch letter, get it from off of Google. It's a free PDF. If you got a couple of dollars, go on Amazon and get the Willie Lynch book. It's sick. But it worked. And in order for you to break this cycle, you have to know what was done. How did they do what they did? 
knowing is half the battle. The rest of the battle is just making a very different decision at that moment where you need to make a very different decision. That will change the the trajectory going forward. It will break generational curses and pathologies. When I read that really Willie Lynch letter, I was thoroughly disgusted. Thoroughly disgusted. The psychological warfare, the physical warfare, the spiritual warfare, the financial warfare. Break a person's spirit. They're fucked up, the kids is fucked up, the grandkids is fucked up, the great grandkids, the going to the fifth generation, they fucked up. If those three generations live to be 100 years old each, that is 300 years. And this is why I say, Paint the town red. Go ahead and paint the town red. Paint it red. That's the only thing that they understand. There's some people I don't want to be nice. And I don't blame them. I don't know if I'm going to talk about this again in another podcast, but if I choose to, I'm going to play a video that I have found. It's quite disturbing. The people in Africa, being that they have social media to talk to the people in the United States, they know things about history that they would not have known if it wasn't for the black people in the United States. They know things about politics that they would not have known if they did not speak to the people of the United States. And they're crystal clear on who is doing what. And there is a person in particular that they would love to get their hands on. There's Americans that would love to get their hands on this one particular person. So we're going to see what happens with this whole war that's going on in Africa. They're going to have to take it by force. And I'm here for it. I'll be praying for them. And I might do a fast for them. I'm here for it. So, needless to say... The rise of the underdog is rising. The wealth is going to change from the Western world to the Eastern world. 
I said this before, I'll say it again. This will probably be my last time saying it for all of the Caucasian people that are listening to this podcast. And I know who you are and where you are and how old you are and all this stuff. If you are Caucasian, you need to go to Caucasian countries. If you choose to stay in the United States, stay in the United States. If you are melanated, you need to go to melanated countries. If you choose to stay in the United States, stay in the United States. Caucasian people, you are not safe in any melanated country. For your own safety and protection, you need not to be in any melanated Jamaica, the Caribbean, Haiti, definitely not Africa. You need not to be in those places. But if you think that your president or your embassy or whoever is going to save your ass, you feel that you are entitled, go ahead and shoot your shot. Go right on ahead. So, on August 20th, BRICS is holding a meeting. There was 14 more countries that put in an application for BRICS. I remember Mexico being one of them. I remember Germany being one of them. I remember looking at that list and thinking, these are all the countries that are enemies of the United States. With that being said, Putin created a digital currency that's backed by gold. Some of the Muslim countries have backed their currency by oil and gas. Some countries are bartering with each other with the yuan, the Chinese yuan. And with all these other people settling their debt in every currency except for the American USD, that's going to collapse the American dollar. That's not backed by anything at all. It hadn't been backed by anything since, was it 1929 or 1931? Somewhere around that time. This is the start of the domino effect of the USD losing its power and influence. In a couple of years, it's going to reach its peak where people are not going to want it. Meantime, in between time, 
I'm watching what's going on with this whole situation with FedNow and the SEC. So we know about FedNow and all of the things that the SEC is doing with cryptocurrency, what's an asset, what's not. They've been doing this whole what is and what's not for a couple of years now. When they keep bringing us, it's like they bring the same people into court over and over again. So in recent news, a Goldman Sachs analyst was found floating in the New York River. Unalive. Reminds me of how the crea- creator, excuse me, a founder of Cash App, you know, just right before he launched his next project was unalive. And then we all hear the whole thing about the Fed now and all of this here stuff like that. So what did this man this analyst who worked for Goldman Sachs, what did he know? What projects was he working on? What I find most interesting is that these these people, these elites, they know that everybody knows what they're doing and they still do what they do. They don't even slow down. People in other countries know that they're doing what they're doing and how they're doing what they're doing and why they're doing what they're doing. And they do not, they, they don't miss a beat. Not one beat do they miss. After he, you know, was found floating, you know, I ain't going to say that. That wasn't nice. I was, I was going to say something. I ain't going to do that. <laughs> After he was found floating, it came out that Somebody's investigating BlackRock's $9 billion investments in China. And the SEC told Coinbase, we believe that all cryptocurrencies is an asset. Halt all buying, selling, and trading for all other tokens except for Bitcoin. Can an average person afford one Bitcoin? So... 
you doing your damnedest to push people out of cryptocurrency investments? You just subpoenaed Coinbase and Kraken and Binance and all this here stuff. It got all this and put IRS agents in and all type of other people in to look at who's buying crypto. And what cryptos are they buying? Now you got the information. And you're still going. Got the information. You're off the founder and creator of Cash App. You're dragging everybody in the freaking court. And you're just trying to find all kind of ways. Excuse me. To push people out. To scare people off. You got mixed messages going on through the media. Cryptocurrency is not a scam. Cryptocurrency... Uh, it's a scam. BlackRock created a Bitcoin ETF. Don't do it. Get out. You lose all your money. On purpose. Then the SEC, SEC said they're going after cryptocurrency influences on social media. So the cryptocurrency influencers started deleting their profiles. Excuse me. So you done watched, gathered the information and saw it's the influencers that are telling the public what tokens to buy. That's how they're they're finding out about it. So you want to take them down. So that the average retailer cannot buy any cryptocurrency. You don't uh, bullied Ledger into giving you not only the people's information, but also what type of cryptocurrencies that that they have on their ledger and their keys. So if you want to malfunction or short or freeze anything with that ledger, a person's ledger, you can. So what they're going to do is write up a bill, take the bill into Congress, get it passed on the House floor, and then signed by the president and then it's a law concerning the ledgers and they're not going to tell people don't don't get a ledger they're not going to do that no 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 they're looking for taxes we're going to tax you if you got x amount on your ledger you got to pay 40 percent in taxes because that's how they do. They want the taxes. This is a uh, lottery games. 
Cryptocurrency gains, 40% tax. And they probably do some shit like any over $200, you got to pay 40% tax. So why are you so invested in what BlackRock got going on in China? BlackRock is affiliated with Coinbase and you done told Coinbase to halt all transactions except for the Bitcoin transaction knowing that the average person, the average retail investor cannot afford one Bitcoin. Not only is Bitcoin a huge holder a huge stakeholder in Coinbase. They also got some affiliations with the SEC. So what type of games are y'all playing? You playing good cop, bad cop. Because you really ain't going to do nothing to BlackRock. You make it seem like you're not for BlackRock, but you just approved BlackRock Bitcoin ETF. I personally think, this is my theory, I personally think that people, the average retailer, is buying cryptocurrency from China and they want to get the information of who's buying what how are they doing it so they can figure out how to stop it how to stop the average retail investor from getting cryptocurrency from China Meanwhile, the banks, the big banks here in the U.S. are are waiting for the cryptocurrency bills to be signed by the president so that they themselves can buy up whatever is available let's just say there's 32 billion dollars worth of ABC crypto the banks are going to buy it up they have the money to do it so they already got their stop orders in and they're waiting. They don't want to mess with it with no clear regulations going on. That's what they're waiting for, the regulations to be law. They also have a patent. All of the major banks, Fidelity, 
J.P. Morgan, Bank of America. They already have a patent for a cryptocurrency ledger within their bank. So they're going to tell people, oh, you know, you can have your cryptocurrency, store it on, open up a bank account with us, put your savings here and your checking money here and, you know, get our ledger. It costs $49.99, you know, $99.99. And you could keep your cryptocurrency on here. So anytime a lobbyist or somebody decide they want something, guess what's going to happen to your ledger? that you got with the bank. And even if you don't have a ledger with that bank, and you got your own self-custody ledger. They already know your keys to your ledger. So while they're trying to push the collective in one direction, they themselves is setting themselves up to make a fortune of money. All of you that are listening to this podcast that have cryptocurrency, all of you that purchase my ebook, you hold your cryptocurrency. Because the, when the banks buy in, when the banks buy in, that's going to shoot the price of cryptocurrency up. And right around, excuse me, the year 2032, that's going to be an exceptionally good year. An exceptionally good year to buy more crypto if that's what you want to do. Because after this wealth transfer that we're going to have, which will be the biggest wealth transfer we have ever seen in our lifetime, such has never happened before and such will never happen again not in our lifetime what you make what God said to me is he said to me your wealth is in your hands meaning what I put into it is what's going to make the difference between whether this money is going to last me a little bit of time, whether it's going to last me the rest of my life, or whether it's going to last until my grandchildren. It's in my hands. Now, he didn't tell me an amount of what, you know, a particular cryptocurrency will be. He never gave me an amount. But he did say to me, your wealth is in your hands. So I share that with you. Your wealth is in your hands. So be encouraged. There's going to be a lot of FUD, a lot of mixed messages. You may feel very confused. You're going to see people 
<coughs> excuse me, making videos, super excited. Yeah, this is the new coin, blah, 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 blah. A celebrity bought it, blah, blah, blah. Check out what the celebrity said, blah, blah, blah. Hurry up and get it. Don't you jump in nothing. Fud. Fear of missing out. You, you're not missing out on shit. This is going to go down. It's going to take. It's going to be real bad. You're going to do that. Da, 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 da. Don't listen to no fear tactics. Don't listen to no confusion. As somebody say, Bitcoin, $1 million. Don't listen to no price prediction bullshit. Because they don't know. Their little computer screens is not going to tell them. No, what you call it, Fibonacci? That, that's not going to tell them uh, how much a token is going to be per token. It's, all of that is in God's hands. It's going to be the amount that God decided that it's going to be. No natal chart is going to say how much a particular token is going to be per token. You know what you have? Stand 10 toes down in it. Put some more money in it. I do see, I foresee people being priced out because once the, again, once the banks get in it and they buy it up, that's going to shoot the price up and the average retail investor will not be able to afford one token. So you have, at, at least for now, you have the rest of the month of August to make it do what it do. You got the rest of the month of August to make your bag do what it do. Don't make yourself crazy and say, how much am I supposed to get? What do you, how much money should I put in? Blah, blah, blah. Listen, pay your bills first. Pay your bills first. Put food on your table. Make sure your household is good. Get everything that you need and some of the things that you want. If you have to cut corners like no manicure, pedicure, eyebrows, uh, uh, Starbucks, uh, uh, Uber Eats. So you could take that extra money and put it into your bag, then do that. If all you got is $25 that you could spare for the entire month of August, I'm going to tell you to look at the cheapest token in your bag and put your $25 in that so that you can get more tokens for your $25. That's what I'm going to tell you. Don't let nobody say you need to put $5,000 in, $10,000 in. You need to have $10,000 Doge coins. Don't listen to none of that. Do what you can do because God going to make your bag do what it do. Those stocks, if you have your regular stocks, if it ain't making you no money by the end of this year, 
I don't know what you got it for. I don't know what you have it for. Because the powers that be are going to crash the market. They're not going to crash it this year. But 2024, look for the second quarter of 2024 for something to happen. Whether they crash the market or food is scarce or the food prices go up or food is scarce and the food prices went up. You know, batteries cost more. Excuse me. Whatever it is, look for the second quarter of 2024. Something is going to happen. So why is your money in the stock market? If it's not making you no money. We watch these politicians sell off their stocks, millions upon millions of dollars worth of stocks. Because they know that the market is going to drop. And they don't want to lose their money. So what you think you should do with your $500 that's in the stock market? A bunch of them just sold off. Between all of them, it was $1 billion. By the time all of them got done selling off their stocks, because they know what's coming. By the end of the year, you're going to see more news circulating on social media about how they're, they're selling off their stocks. Why? Because of tax season, income tax season. Then you're going to hear them selling off their stocks again for 2024. So why is your $500 in the stock market if it's not making you any money? When that bad boy is in the green and you made some money, matter of fact, when that bad boy is in the green and I make some money, I'm getting out. Because I know what's coming in quarter two of 2024. I know when the people sell off their stocks at the end of this year, right around October, November-ish, when they get to selling off them stocks, that's going to make the price drop. I need to be out before then. I need to have my money out before then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we got all of this going on with, you know, Fed now and Coinbase and BlackRock and China and CBDCs and all these things going on. Um, Eventually, you're not going to see any paper money in the United States. You're not going to see it. everything digital it's going to be on the card you'll never put money in your hands in the United States again once they take the money out of the circulation we got the whole Nasera Jacera thing going on 
I saw a unicorn. And there's a few scriptures about the unicorn. Now, what I remember about the meaning of the unicorn was that it was a symbol of a great wealth transfer. And that reminds me because when I saw the unicorn, somebody had used burlap to make like the head of the unicorn. Um, but that's when God used it as a symbol to me of a great wealth transfer, the unicorn. But I saw the unicorn recently, and it reminded me of what God had told me about several years ago when he showed me this unicorn made out of burlap. And I said, okay. They're like, I'm, I'm getting it. And on the top of the unicorn's head, like it was a picture of it, right? And on the top of the unicorn's head, it was X, right? The letter X. Now, uh, what's this, this bland? He got such a bland personality. It's Elon Musk. You know, he changed the symbol for, t for Twitter to X. And then he put the X on the Twitter building, and then the people <laughs> had a complaint. And Elon was forced to take the X off of the building. But when I looked at it, I heard in my spirit, X marks the spot. So I'm going to keep my eyes out on the Twitter building and Elon Musk and this here unicorn, which God said is symbolism of the greatest wealth transfer. And I need to go into the Bible and find the scripture where it talks about camels carrying uh, people putting cam, uh, excuse me, people putting all sorts of things, uh, wealth, they put wealth in, in sackcloth, I believe, and they put that sackcloth on the camel, and they was, you know, going where they was going with the camel. That was another symbolic thing that God was showing to me um, about this here wealth transfer. So we're almost upon this here wealth transfer. I don't know when it's going to be. Um, precisely. Different projects is going to have different times, you know. Fed now got its own digital currency. Like a universal digital currency. So I don't know who's going to do what and when. I don't know that, but I do know that the wealth transfer is coming. I know God spoke to me about it multiple times. I know God has been speaking to me about it recently. And I know through the um, America's transiting chart that I did see the wealth transfer. I did see it. So be vigilant, do not be afraid, don't let anybody scare you out of your cryptocurrency, don't FOMO in on the project thinking you're going to miss something because you're not missing shit. And um, just keep doing what you do, because it doesn't matter to me. What type of tricks these people have up their sleeve? 
I'm selling when I want to sell. And they can have all of the keys for both of my ledger that they want to have. I don't care after that. I'm selling. I'm not holding on to the crypto. I just want the money. I'm trying to get the hell out of the United States. And get some property. And I know I ain't going to go no place where it's European. <laughs> I'm not doing that one. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for spending about an hour and a half with me. I hope that you learned much and that you gleaned much from today's podcast. Be ready so that you do not have to get ready. Be encouraged for being a chosen one, for being one of the chosen ones, one of God's chosen people, one of a royal priesthood. Be encouraged that your life is going to completely change upon this wealth transfer. Make sure your heart is right and your mind is right and your hands is clean from doing janky things to people. Make sure you get your daily prayers in. Stay prayed up because the devil is always busy roaming around the earth seeking whom he can devour. Be vigilant. Stay vigilant. Shalom.